So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, cats, dogs, birds, trains, planes, automobiles, and this week, because it is Thanksgiving week, welcome to the Pilgrims and the Indians. Friendly reminder that that's feather, not dot. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season two, episode 36 of the most offensive, most highly rated, most relatable, most entertaining, most fucking everything, and the largest lack of anatomical knowledge in all of (laughs) podcasting. Welcome to the clitoris. Welcome to the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I am Chris, and I am an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. Friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole, and I now identify as a pack of Newports. That makes sense. I'm woke, darling. Mm-hmm. You've become one. Yes. Yes, indeed. So I'm down on the main line the other day picking up the garbage, and I'm at a very fine... Le- le- leather, leatherer, leathery, leathery. It does have a name. I just don't know what it is. It's a fucking place that makes leather. Sure. Anywho, I I don't know. Megan and I went to a comedy show last night up in Bethlehem at the Sands Casino. Speaking of feather, I don't think it's the Sands anymore. Uh, Wind Creek. Yes. Sorry. That's okay. You know how particular I am about these things. Yes. Uh, so we walk in and there are literally. Tens of thousands of people in that casino. It was packed. It was unreal. And I don't, gambling doesn't appeal to me at all. No, but I did put some cash down at the roulette wheel. I hit Megan immediately. Let's go. To the cashier. I'm like, fuck that. I'm, I'm calling the bank. Let's get a home equity right now. No, I, it was so funny. He won and I didn't even know he won or what it meant. And I was like, how much is that? And he's like, 300. I was like, to the cashier, we're out of here. Come on. Dude, you won the biggest there that night. Everyone else was leaving empty-handed. I said to Megan last night, it's kind of fucked up. This place is packed. Obviously, we're in the middle of a huge downturn in the economy. But all these people are in there gambling their fucking lives away. 11 out of 10 people lose at the casino. And yet, there's a plethora of people there. It was crazy. I mean, I'm glad their business is staying afloat. But I I don't know. I mean, what's... A casino employs a lot of people. It does. You know? And there's hotels and restaurants and even down to like the janitorial staff. Absolutely. There was outlets in there. Like there was everything. There, They must be a huge. And we're talking in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I, I bet they're one of the largest employers, if not the largest. I was just going to say, I, I don't know how many square feet that casino is. I don't know how big it is in relation to... I don't. I think Foxwoods may be like the largest casino in the United States, really? like square footage wise. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's actually Foxwoods is huge. Uh, obviously, gambling appeals to my degenerate nature. There's on the low end. There's five thousand jobs there. Now, someone was telling me they're clearing all the casinos out of Atlantic City, and they actually have like contracts to build uh, like residential and commercial properties. When's the last time you were in Atlantic City? It's been a while, but it's so sad there. It's such a dump. I took one day, there's this sandwich shop in Atlantic City. 
interestingly enough, right across the street from the Cabela's. So two birds, one stone. I'm in. Let's go. Megan's like, oh, there's this place called White House Hoagies or some shit like that. She's like, will you go get some? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, so it's an hour up there. It's an hour back. A couple of minutes for sandwiches. An hour at the Cabela's. An hour driving around looking at people like me. Like, yeah, I'm in. What's not to like? And we all got a four-hour break also. Well, three days later, I came back with the hoagies <laughs> and a brand new scar. And you were like the hero of the weekend because everyone loves the hoagies. They did love the ho- I don't know. It's just a fucking sandwich, people. I love a good sandwich. And it is a good sandwich. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's just as good sandwiches on the island. Uh, she is referring to the island of Wildwood. <laughs> She's referring to the bed and breakfast down at the shore, Jim and Valia's bed and breakfast, the famed bed and breakfast with no paper towels, dogs are not allowed, all sorts of health code violations. But it's magical. I mean, it's free. I love it there. If magical equals free, then yes. It does in our world. Unlike Disney, it is not the happiest place on earth. I think it is. It's close. I love it there. So do I. I know. And the kids, the kids love it. Frankie became such a beach baby this summer. She she kept screaming at the ocean, running in, going, big tubby, big tubby. <laughs> it was hilarious. Jesus Christ. Anyways, back to my story about the, the Indian with the feather, which is how we get into this. Okay. So I'm down on the main line picking up the garbage at a leather, a fucking leather place. I think it's a leathery. Very well right, could whatever. Be. So anyway, so I, I sort of broke off there talking about the casinos because all these people are spending this money. Yet, I am literally working 75, 80 hours a week because nobody wants to fucking work. I, I don't understand it. So anyways, in, in my second line of business, the garbage business, I'm like Tony Soprano. I'm in waste management, darling. Mm-hmm. Guy comes out, we're like two weeks behind on our pickup, which is just, it's like literally shitty. Yeah. Smells like asshole. I'm sure it does. Maybe not your asshole. Certainly not mine, because I use that nice deodorant. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Okay. Anyways, the guy's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. We had like a really nice conversation, and then he goes, happy Thanksgiving. And I was like, well, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And he looks at me, and he's like, why are you like so surprised by that? And I was like, well, the last time I checked, my people took out a generation of your people with chlamydia. I'm assuming he was American Indian, honey? Yeah. Oh, okay. And what did he say to that? He was not pleased, Megan. Oh, my God. So you have a nice conversation, then you ruin it. Well, that's what I do, darling. Oh, God. He gave me a $300 gift card to his store. Did he really? Yeah. No way. What are you going to get? A pair of chaps? Assless chaps. <laughs> Matching assless chaps for me and the bird. Or gay pee. He was like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Not the assless chaps. The Your people wiped out my people with chlamydia. That was. You are quick with it. He was like, wow, it's pretty good. That's awesome. I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. That's because I saved these little gems for the show, darling. Uh, I love it. Anywho, let's talk about. Oh, what do you want to talk about, darling? Because God knows the fucking world revolves around you. I would say it's the opposite, but go on. I want a Range Rover. Uh, We know. That's all you've been talking about all weekend. All right. That's all I got. Thanks for uh, everything, everyone. Have a good night. (laughs) Chris wants a Range Rover. He wants a many things, but... I'd really like a Maserati, but I'm not not as pretentious as, as most Maserati owners. 
You know what it is? Chris is all like, no, we, we can't do this. We need to pay off debt. I want a Range Rover. <laughs> I ordered a new scope for my gun. I did this. I did that. I, I'm like, dude, the reason that we have debt is you. I I did actually order a new laser for the gun I know you night. did. I get the Amazon thing to my phone. Yeah, well, you didn't win $300 at the casino. Yeah, but you know what I said? I was like, that's amazing, $300. It paid for the tickets, it paid for dinner, and it paid for the babysitter. We just had a free night out. Like, that's the win. <laughs> it wasn't like, let's go buy something else. Yes, it was. No, you're missing the point. Yeah, you should have stayed married to the forehead. No, I'm just saying. Oh, you drive me crazy. And he's been going on and on and on about this Range Rover all weekend, keeping me on the edge of the seat. Is it... Is he totally full of shit and just loving to like get my anxiety through the roof? Or is there really going to be a Range Rover? I don't know. I never know which way it's going to go. So I try to not engage with it. Did you notice that? Oh, I did. I just don't engage, don't engage, don't engage. If it shows up, what am I going to do? Fuck it. Yeah, I guess I'll move on. You are now... <laughs> the proud owner of a Range Rover, darling. Like I said, it is really being married to you teaches me such like patience and tolerance on a daily basis. It strengthened me as a person, which is good. Yeah, it is. Somebody had to. Well, someone's got to reel you in because the previous husband didn't really teach you much. Well, you're not. Uh, you're unteachable. They say everyone's teachable. You are un teachable this old dog will not learn new <laughs> tricks your life would be so much better if you did my life is fantastic oh my god i have a roof over my head i have an amazing family i have this gorgeous world-class boob studio and now i have a range rover we'll say or maybe a maserati or maybe nothing, which is the responsible decision see at least i keep it realistic and i'm not like oh meg i bought a lamborghini yeah i guess where's the fun in that Right, because then I would know it's not true because no one is approving you for a loan for a Lamborghini. <laughs> oh, good God. What, so what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Now I'm all fucked up thinking about the Range Rover, the not Range Rover. No, I'm not. I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah, you are. Honestly, nope. I've moved on from it. I, I will not engage with you. I have to say, think about the ways that we've changed since we first started dating. We were just talking about your first Thanksgiving. Let's talk about the ways that you've changed. Okay. Because I haven't changed much. I, would, I wouldn't say that's true. I would also say that is not true. I would say you're, you're slower to change. It's more gradual. Yeah. But that's okay. We all get there when we get there. I move at my own pace. You do. <laughs> some call it stupidity. Some call it a disability. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I believe you're correct. <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, I think it's appropriate to talk about Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think it's appropriate to talk about Thanksgiving and alcoholism. Mm -hmm. I also, what do you think about the the FIFA, the World Cup, that's soccer, I know nothing about sports, that's all I know, Yeah, is in Qatar this year. Yes. And for you white folk, that's Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R. Really? But it's pronounced Qatar. It's the same thing? Yeah. Huh. My friend Tommy that died of this disease used to bang this chick. We called her the Cutter. But not because she was from Qatar. No, because she cut herself. All right. That's super inappropriate. Wow. Yep. Yep. Also wore a white dress to Rick's wedding. Which is actually kind of awesome. She knew it wasn't going to work out. The, the, the first wedding. <laughs> just, just to be specific. 
feel like we have to determine what number these days. <laughs> My little Italian grandmother went up her ass one side and down the other. She was not pleased. She fucking tore her up. I was like, well, I guess you'll never wear a white dress to a wedding again unless you're the bride. <laughs> she cut a little deeper that night. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up, Megan. I know. Holy shit. All right, so anyways, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a huge holiday. It is. It's a huge holiday for drinking. Oh, fuck, the FIFA. So Qatar, Qatar, not the girl, the country, is a dry country. Yes. And they decided, the games kicked off today, they made an announcement yesterday, so Saturday, that there will be no alcohol served in any of the venues. How do you feel about that? I think that it's their country, their rules. I think, you know, if that is how it stands there, why did FIFA think they could serve alcohol in a country that's dry? I don't necessarily think FIFA has the issue with it. I think it's more like the Americans and the English. Well, it's always the Americans. We always have an issue with everything. And, you know, the English like a drink. Yeah, no, I agree. So it was interesting because we were just watching the news and they were saying, you know, what's going to happen is people are just going to pregame much harder. Yeah. So it could get ugly. I, I don't know. I don't believe they did it to prevent any sort of incidents or, you know, the drunken shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I think they did it just because that's how they've rolled since Cutter became a country. Yeah, that's what they believe in. I don't think, why would you make an exception? When you start making exceptions, then everything's an exception. Which is why the United States is in such a fucking shit show Yeah, like there's something to be said about roles and traditions. And, you know, I'm sure it's a dry country. Probably, is it religious reasons? I would say yes. Yeah, so, I mean, their religion, their country, their roles. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, even as somebody in recovery who's, you know, drugs and alcohol quite literally ruined my life, I don't like that decision. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, now, why do you not like it? Because I feel like that's such a huge part of, I don't know, the celebration, the, the whatever. Is that what it's supposed to be about, though? No, absolutely not. It's about sportsmanship and yeah, great athletes and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why do we have to get drunk to enjoy that? Maybe people will actually enjoy the games instead. Well, that's stupid. I know. Just saying. Maybe it's not a bad idea. Take some distractions out of life. All right, that's fair. Okay. Well, you gonna fucking rain on my parade? I'm not raining. Tell us why. So you're opposed to it. I am opposed to it. Okay. So we have one. One, I'm not necessarily pro. I'm just like neutral. I respect your country and your roles. There's a whole country that's like pro no alcohol. And then there's like me on my own little island. (laughs) Everybody get fucked up. No, I think most people feel that way. I'm just saying, I don't know. When you're going into someone else's home or you know what I mean? Like you have to respect their traditions, their cultures. You know that I think that's a really important thing that people do like you know there has to be some sort of mutual respect no i never picked up on those social cues no don't we know it i was like where's the bathroom and do you have disposable straws by any chance (laughs) i do love that i hoard them but that's a whole nother story yeah no you hoard them for drinking i hoard them for snorting things yeah. Okay. So, um, we were talking about used Thanksgiving. To. Excuse me. Uh, uh, used to. Yes. So yes, Thanksgiving. So I was thinking about our first Thanksgiving. I actually said it to you this morning on the phone. I was like, "Can you believe it was four years ago that you came to your first Thanksgiving?" 
As if like Thanksgiving is only done exclusively by your family. No, I just mean like we've been together for four years, which is such a short, but we've done so many things in that little amount of time. Short and painful. <laughs> because we we met that summer and by the time we were at Thanksgiving, Chris had actually moved in. Actually, I think I did. Yeah, it was like mid-November, maybe. Maybe it was end of November, but I think it was by Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just to think we had been dating maybe four months at the time, and that's where we were at. And now here we are going to Thanksgiving four years later with the kids, the jobs, the... Range Rover. We got married. Like, just this whole crazy amount of life has happened in four years. Oh, it has. And so I started to think about how I've changed in those four years. Oh, do tell. I, I would like to say all for the good, but you know, whatever. I'm sure some nope. of it's not that great. Nope. No, you, the big thing that I was thinking about is how like we moved in together shortly after Chris went dead silent for two weeks. We talked about this on the very first episode. That's right. And I remember how much of a mess I was, like how emotional about it, how upset, how just all over the place and how Chris literally went silent for two whole weeks. Didn't bother me much. But it, I'm sure it did. You're so full of shit. But anyway, it got me thinking on how much that we've changed, how much we would react to a similar situation now. Oh, that's a great question. Right? I, I think, you know, are you asking me the question? Yeah, I mean, I can. Go ahead. Tell us your opinion. I think what has changed now versus then is we communicate. And I know that that probably may sound like a strange answer to people. But again, if you know anything about me, I was always like silent and then run away. Megan, may I speak for you, darling? Of course. Megan, I don't think. You know, she'll communicate in terms of like she'll tell you stories that just absolutely suck and they have no ending whatsoever. But when it comes to, I want to say, like really getting in touch with your feelings or telling me exactly how you feel, I think you felt short on that more oh, than once. Definitely. I'm still not great at it. I, I think I was so I was thinking about this then on my drive home. I think I can compartmentalize things. Mm. And I still do that. Like, Well, I'm, I think everybody does, right? Um, you know, I talk about, well, I don't talk about, but I've gone through, like, I had a lot of, you know, during my drinking and, you know, like going to funerals and stuff like that. Like, I never even cried. Like, I was able to kind of. You're a sick fuck. No, just car compartmentalize that part. Like, it was like, those feelings will be too hard to feel, so I'm not going to feel those. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, I'll drink about it later and then we'll all be good. <laughs> but I don't think I do that as much anymore. I think I'm still, it, it's almost like I don't get my feelings hurt as easily anymore. If that sounds strange, I may not have shared my feelings, but my feelings were always hurt before. No, I mean, it doesn't always sound hurt. strange to me. I think that's profoundly accurate. Like, I, you know, anything Chris said affected me in this crazy, profound, upsetting way. Anything negative, you sure. know, even if it wasn't enough nice things, you know, because he was nice in the beginning. It's still I, mean, I still am. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just not on the podcast. It still affected me in this like very profound way. And it doesn't anymore. You know, like I don't get my feelings hurt as easily. And I, I actually think that improves on a daily basis. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have feelings. Mm. You know what I mean? I just think 
Feelings are for the weak. The way that I'm able to react to them now is so much different, even in these past four years. I agree with that completely. And it may be because you've beaten me down, but there's something to be said for that. You know well, what I mean? It yeah. actually, I, I think about that. And one of the things that I'm happiest in, in our relationship or where one of the personal areas of growth it's brought me is the fact that it's, it's funny because now I'm in a marriage, but I almost find myself more independent, if that makes sense. I wish you would. Like, I don't, I don't need him to do anything for me, if that makes sense. Like, I feel very, like, the fact that Chris, like, tends to dump shit on me actually, like, has empowered me. Like the Range Rover? Yeah, like the children, the dog, like all this fucking nonsense. Yeah. Like I just keep in, stepping up to the occasion. And in fact, it's kind of right. like empowered me to do that's better. Right. Does it's that make sense? It's enabled you to not be a pussy. <laughs> so there's that. Which is what this entire fucking world needs right now. I mean, I agree with that. But I'm saying I do think I've become a stronger person through this marriage. And sometimes it's from like waterboarding. And sometimes mm. it's because Chris does build me up, you know, emotionally, because I know he loves and respects me, even though he's a complete schmuck. Yep. <laughs> All right. How about you? How do you think you've changed in the last four years? Like thinking about first Thanksgiving and now four years later. That's a really good question. And I think there have been a, a number of changes, but I think what has changed the most over these four years in terms of like me as a person, and again, this is going to sound kind of crazy because, well, I mean, there's, you know, the podcast and then there's like real life. I never in my wildest dreams would have been able to do the whole dad thing, the husband thing, even though we got married like three months after we met, something like that. I, I think in, in that sense, I think it's a lot of like those selfish tendencies have changed. And again, there are still moments and times and days and weeks and months and years that I can still be that person. <laughs> so maybe it hasn't changed at all. No, I think it has changed some. But no, I think that is probably the biggest thing that has changed. I, I no longer, you know, even when we first got married, like I, I still was... I mean, obviously, I was committed to the relationship, but I was still very much so in the, you know, this is the Chris fucking show. And that is no longer the case. And again, I've said this before on May 20th. No, that's not her birthday. May that's 11th. mine. <laughs> oh, it is? Yeah, good job. That was by accident. <laughs> Pure accident. You knew it meant something. It's, it's the day after the 19th, which is Aaron's birthday. <laughs> is it really? Yep. No way. So you would think that I would never miss your birthday because, again, I'm <laughs> self-consumed with Aaron. Speaking of which, so we had the Aaron episode last week, which wasn't really the Aaron episode. But anyways, I went to bed that night. This is like super embarrassing to talk about and to admit, but I I'm going to talk about it anyways. And I have no idea what he's about to say. Yeah, no, this is going to be pretty fucking mind-blowing for you. So I had a dream about Aaron. Did you really? I did. Oh, was it dirty? It was. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like super fucked up. And was she underage at the time? Ah. Uh, 
or is it present day? I don't know. See, like I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen her in years. Yeah. I, I don't really. Again, it was a dream, so like I don't necessarily recall if it was it. Uh, young, somewhat maybe still tight Aaron, or you know the forty-year-old fucking hot dog down a hallway Aaron. Okay. So, anyways, I have the dream about Aaron. Oh God. And I'm laying on my back and she's sitting on my face and I'm eating her ass. And I wake up, the fucking bird dog is sitting on my face. <laughs> I fucking swear to God, Megan. I believe that. I, I think I was actually eating bird dog's asshole, which may or may not be the same as Aaron's asshole at this oh point. Oh my God, I literally have no words for this. I, you know, we do honesty here. I don't know what to tell you blown away right now how did the dream make you feel after honey fucking terrible <laughs> you know we talked about months ago i need to see somebody professionally <laughs> once you ate your dog's asshole you knew that was true i have an appointment next <laughs> thursday i think it's fucking time <laughs> anywho uh so i think the whole selfishness thing has definitely changed a lot i, I also think that i am more tolerant and you can like totally call bullshit right now if you'd like I'm more than happy to to talk about that or whatever, but I don't know when when Megan and I first started doing this, it was very much like Chris, this is the right way. Megan, let me tell you why you're wrong. Meaning like it was Chris's way or the highway. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, well, it's funny. I wouldn't say when we first started doing this. All right, so last week. Yeah, like when we first started doing this, like you were very. I mean, I was fooled for sure because you were very... I'm a salesman, honey. You were you sold it big time. Yeah, I did. I mean, he was the most doting, sweetest, amazing boyfriend in the entire world. Oh, honey. You were. And it was so cute. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about how like... This is what I was thinking back to four years ago and how like when you first start dating, it's like kind of awkward and, you know, whatever. I was even thinking about when we used to have sex in the beginning. Did you feel awkward in the beginning? I didn't. I mean, I guess I was nervous. I mean, yeah, maybe not awkward, but yeah, there's like that anxiousness, if you will, but like never awkward. No. I mean, we hit it off right away. Of course we did, darling. <laughs> Because I'm a fucking psychopath. But I remember, actually, this is really funny. When we, the first night we had sex, or maybe not the first night, I don't know. I remember you asking me like 40 times, like, is this okay? Do you like that? Do you th and I was like, my God. Like, I didn't think anything badly of it. But like, just those insecurities, like totally playing through. And now, I mean, four years later, you're like, I don't really care if we like this. We have about 40 seconds until the child breaks in the door. This is how <laughs> it's going down. And by the way, yes, it is landing in your hair. <laughs> but like when you, you know, but yes, then it became apparent very quickly that Chris was very set in his ways. And they were the ways of someone that had lived an independent life, even though he was totally, you know, beholden to drugs and alcohol but Absolutely. lived for himself and for himself only for 37 years mm -hmm. so it was difficult I would say at times and again sure. I was extremely extremely reactive at the time 
everything hurt my feelings. Everything was a direct attack on me. Everything like made me upset. So, you know, I was thinking about that too. Like, God, it must have been hard to live with me too. You know what I mean? It was. But, you know, all that changed. And I can't say it changed even before we got married. Like, we probably should have worked that out prior to. No, I think when things really started to change was after, you know, Jim and Velia saved our marriage. Absolutely. I mean, I talk about that year, the year, the summer that I had Frankie, that was like some of the lowest points of my life. And I was loving being a mom, Mm -hmm. but Chris was completely not present and kind of mean because he just wasn't dealing correctly. You know what I mean? Like you just weren't dealing with the situation well. I like how you say that correctly. Well, I mean, there's a correct way and I don't think it's golfing seven days a week and like being a total asshole to your wife who's like lactating. I'm just saying. Well, that's A, not my problem. (laughs) And B, something obviously went well because that fucking kid upstairs is brilliant. No, she is. I know because I raised her all by myself for the first six months. But anyway, I think that- You literally put a tit in her mouth. You didn't raise (laughs) shit. But what I'm saying is that was really a hard year. We went through a really hard year after Frankie was born. We did. And it's actually like painful to admit this because of, I I don't know if it's because of where we are right now. And it's like, holy fuck, dude, like you missed a massive window of opportunity. Like we didn't necessarily have to go down the path that we did. But I think unfortunately for both of us, I think maybe that was the only way to get where we are. And when we celebrated Frankie's first birthday, it was, we started the podcast right after, right? It was end of May. I believe it was the end of May is when that first episode came out. So it was right after and we were kind of still in this like place, but I don't know. I almost looked at her first birthday as like the celebration of a reset and it was slow to come by. But we definitely yeah. got there. And it doesn't mean that sometimes times aren't still like rough or down or whatever. But like we've been off our game a little bit recently because, you know, we've both been working so much. Chris has been working a ton that we haven't been doing our normal like date things. And now we have like three of them set up in a row. And that's 100 percent what we need to reconnect. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No. You want to make out in the back of your new Range Rover? No, I don't, I've already <laughs> told you, you're not fucking allowed in the car. Like, no. But anyway, I think that, you know, I don't know why I looked at Thanksgiving as this pinnacle point, but just, I guess I've been playing in my mind the past couple of days just how much has changed in those four years. It's almost hard to to even conceptualize or to really think about Like how much has actually changed? Yeah. Like I think back to that time we had just moved in together. We had no business doing that. Nope. We shouldn't have been getting engaged in a couple months. We shouldn't have been having children. Like there, we had so much more work to do on ourselves individually at that point. More so you than me. Doubt it, bro. And yet we like dove in head first, you know, and together. We, I mean, we definitely dove in head first, I think together now for sure uh together back then no not necessarily i mean we were in this together like this relationship but i almost feel like in a way it it was almost secondary to sometimes other things yeah like our own personal bullshit yeah 
you know, and um, and now I think that's the complete opposite. It is like it's us no matter what, and we'll work out the other bullshit when you know we have a chance it, when I'm not eating Aaron's ass or birdies or bird dogs. And I don't, I mean, people have listened to this podcast, they know the things that come out of Birdie's asshole. In fact, this morning I heard her throwing up in the middle of the night. I'm like, motherfucker. And I got up and I see the first little pile and there's nothing. It's just like kind of saliva. And then I see the second one. It has the entire heel of the insole of my shoe. In it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was like, well, glad you worked that out, bird. No, it's very true. Like, it's funny. I think back and I can romanticize to when we first met because I loved falling in love with you. Like, I loved it. It was like completely magical. And I, I'll say to Chris on, you know, oftentimes, like, you know, you're not the man that I met. And then, I, you know, when I really stopped to think about it, like, thank fucking God. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you have come so long. Like, that part is all bullshit. Like, I, that beginning, like, courtship or whatever. You spoke incorrectly, darling. I never come long. <laughs> I've come so far. But, like, that is all bullshit. You know? Like... It is. What we have now, four years later... Is amazing. And it's funny because I think you think about couples and they say, you know, the beginning's so good and it's so fun and it's so this. But what we have now four years later is like leaps and bounds farther, like better than what we had in the beginning. And I, I would uh, I'd like to say that I've always been authentic with you, but I think the definition of authentic has changed over the years, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, we have conversations on a daily basis with each other and maybe this is how it works and. You know, every other marriage in the fucking planet. Like normal people? Yeah, but like things that I would never say to somebody else. And I'm talking like good, bad, indifferent. This is how I'm feeling. Uh, maybe that's, again, what marriages do. But yeah, I don't know. I think as the years have gone on, you know, the layers have sort of peeled back here and there. And obviously, you know, again, I, I'd like to say that both of us have many more layers to peel back. Oh, yeah. I think we're like honestly just getting started. And maybe, years in, you, know, you know, maybe that's what keeps it fresh and exciting and new and, and all of that happy stuff. But it's been a wild ride. That's for sure. It sure has. I think one thing that we have, even though, you know, we talk about like jealousy or distrust or whatever. I, I think we actually have an enormous amount of trust in each other. Even if we like, you know, bullshit about it that we don't, um, I think we tell each other dark things like things that people may not even tell a spouse because you're embarrassed or I think we talk concerned. about shit that like people wouldn't even tell their therapist about. Yeah, no, totally. And unfortunately, sometimes we also tell this audience. Yeah, totally. Like how I was eating my dog's asshole thinking it was my high school sweetheart. Uh, well, you know what? I think in one way I'm happy um, because I think that puts a whole different... Fucking bird dog's happy. <laughs> I think that puts a whole different spin on your high school sweetheart. <laughs> You'll never think of her the same, honey. Not exactly accurate. <laughs> oh, my God. But it has. It's been a crazy four years. That's for sure. It certainly has. All right, darling. What else you got? I don't know. We saw a fantastic comedian last night. We had a blast. It was like a totally out of the box thing. We had a babysitter. We thought we had dinner plans. We actually couldn't fulfill those dinner plans. So I was like, I'm finding us something to do. We have a babysitter. So what dinner plans did we have? We were going to go to dinner at the club, but they were doing some stupid black tie ball. Oh, I didn't even know that. 
Yeah, I told you that. No, you sent me a text message and said like, oh, guess we can't do dinner at the club. Probably with the screenshot of the black tie thing. I, there's a camera in my truck. I can't look at my phone. Okay. I don't have time for your shit. So anyway, I was like, I'm finding us something to do. So I was like searching around. And like we go to nice dinners and stuff all the time. But I was like, I actually want to be out for like a significant amount of time. I don't want to just go to dinner for an hour and a half and come home. <laughs> I literally, I want to be gone for hours. Like let's, let's make it count. We have a babysitter. So we found this um this comedian and it was about an hour away but we had never heard of him before i watched like one or two youtubes and i'm like i think we can get on board with this we had a great time we really did i've actually i think i've been to one other quote-unquote comedy show in my entire life last night was really fun it was really fun he's actually a super funny bastard he's a italian guy his name's anthony rodia yes or rodia or some sort of ginzo spin on that talks about his you know his italian upbringing and how his dad used to kick the shit out of him and basically everything that we've talked about on this podcast because again i set the standards check him out he's super funny hilarious and chris and i both grew up in italian families so we could relate but it was just and he made no apologies i mean right from the beginning like some of the things i'm saying there i'm like oh this is like sitting in my podcast studio or in my life. I can't believe you just said that out loud. But it was hilarious. But you know what's also, it's, I'd like to say it's funny, but it's it's also kind of a shame at the same time. You know, I was sitting there and he started doing his bit and I was like, oh, fuck, you can't say that. But like, it's funny. Who gives a fuck if you're offended? Yeah, exactly. And it, it wasn't like he discriminated. No. He offended everyone, himself included. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it wasn't even to be offensive. I mean, there were some honest truths there. Well, not only that, but it was fucking funny. And I think it that was. was, you know, it kind of like the, the roundabout point that he was making is that, like, this entire fucking planet is in a really fucked up place. Y'all need to lighten the fuck up. No, it's true. And by the end, I was, like, tears streaming down my face. I was laughing so hard with the Absolutely. last bit. So we had an amazing time. And next we're going to see Tina, the musical. Which is like, wait, Megan's so excited about I this. Am. And I was like, Megan, here, I'm going to save us a couple of hours and a couple of hundred dollars. Uh, she marries this guy named Ike and Ike beats the fuck out of her. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tina. There you go. I'm just saying, I'm Why excited for Why don't you give it. me that couple hundred dollars so I can pay for that fucking Range Rover? I'm just saying. So we're back, too. And that's a big thing we've missed out on. When Chris and I first started dating, we literally used to drive around together, take day trips places. Like, that's we spent so much time together. And then when I was home on maternity leave for Fra with Frankie, you know, on the moments that you graced us with your presence, we would. We'd go for a car ride or you know, to the fish store, to the Turkey Hill experience, or like we did stupid little shit together all the time. I spent a lot of time hustling old men at the club. <laughs> he did. Oh, well. But that's all right. But anyway, I, I just, you know, it's nice to get back to that, even if it's, you know, less time. It's still good to have quality time. I think it's almost, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's necessary. Well, yes, it is okay. definitely necessary. Not the word. But the, the fact that we don't do it as often, I think, just makes it that much more special. Yeah, it does. We had, we had really a like, lot of fun We appreciate those moments. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I love 
my family. I love Mac, and I don't know why I just separated those two. Like he's not this family, but he is. I mean, don't don't get that, don't take that the wrong way. But when it's just Megan and I, and we're both literally just working our asses off, doing what we can to to make ends meet and catch up and pay for all the stupid shit that I buy. You know, it's just like it's it's very rewarding to sort of just spend that time with you and I. Yeah. You know? So it was it was a good time, but you know, some introspection this week. Oh, for sure. Do you have anything else that you think's changed about you in the last four years? Uh you know, gray. I was just gonna say your hairline. Less hair. <laughs> the balls hang lower than they used to. <laughs> And uh, no, the, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that's changed. I know it's crazy. Isn't like they're it? really, it's it's almost hard to to conceptualize that and talk about it in such a short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, again, we've talked about this. If you're an alcoholic, and you're in any sort of program of recovery, and you have not touched a, a drug or a drink for a certain amount of time, you have almost to a certain extent changed every single thing about you. Yeah. And you have to. Yeah, and it comes slow. Like, we were both sober when we met, but we still had a hell of a lot of work to do. Oh, yeah. I, again, we we were more fucked up when we met than when we were, like, fucked up from drinking. Yeah. I mean, that's why they say you shouldn't date anyone for a year. And, it, you know, it, you probably shouldn't. Uh, certainly do not use us as the litmus test. Like, we are 100 percent one in a million yeah i mean it was a lot of hard work but it was a whole lot of luck absolutely you know without question all right everybody have yourselves a happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving don't offend the local indian feather leathery guy or do it if you get a 300 hundred dollar gift card or yeah maybe you should yep maybe that's what the world needs that's the point of this podcast more ball breaking Equals happier people. True story. And you should probably beat your kids. That's what we learned last night. I, I learned that when I was like fucking three. <laughs> he was doing the thing where he talks about folding the belt in half yeah, and then you push to it snap. together and you pull it to snap. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, my dad's an asshole. <laughs> like I just shit myself for right? a beer. I mean, I actually did like two minutes ago just shit myself. Thinking about it? No, like. Just farting. I know. We all heard it. Let's see if I could jack up the volume and <laughs> push it through. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, tonight I'm going to go to bed and try to eat Aaron's ass and not the bird dogs. All right. Well, good luck, honey. Thank you, darling. Say good night, my love. Good night. I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates, and please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.